marvel to see our dreams so realized. But all these bright lights run together after a while, and our blaze of glory turns ordinary overnight. Our blaze of glory turns Awesome to be back with you. Uh, went out of the country for a little bit. And if you've ever been out of the country, at least for me personally, one of the greatest parts of being out of the country is getting back in the country. Uh, and I've thoroughly enjoyed my return to normal good food. And so uh, I, it, it was good to be gone, but good to be back. We're going we're gonna to talk about something I think that's very significant. And, and perhaps probably buttons everything up that we've been talking about, this being the fifth week. We've been talking about who you are and, and why you're here. In fact, I would say it's perhaps one of the most significant questions you could ever ask. That whole conjoining the two saying, what in the world was I born to do and who am I? And, and we've been talking about it and I think we've gotten at a lot of things, but we haven't gotten at something very specific. So all of us, every location, we're all leaning into this. And in fact, this weekend is significant because we're going to have a celebration at the end. But to get there, let me tell you something. I did something incredibly stupid, so you'll enjoy this. For those of you who enjoyed having uh, great, horrible stories to tell about me later on. Uh, if you're anything like me, you might know that, that I, I live and enjoy calendars. Uh, like, my whole day is, is mapped out. Not because I'm that kind of a personality, it's just... I'm not going to remember what I did. And so I've got to map it out and, and look at it. I'm, I'm flexible, I, I like, but I love rhythms. So one of the things that, that I will not do is, is be late. Are there, are there any people who refuse to be late? Any of you, uh, fellas? Any, okay, okay, good. You are holy people. You are good people. <laughs> I, I cannot stand to be late. My mom tells me I got it from my grandpa. But I cannot stand to be late. And I'm talking like there are physical things that, that happen to me if I'm going to be late. Like I get nauseous. I have, I mean, literally, I get all stirred up and stressed out. I can't stand being late. If I'm late, it's someone else's fault. That's just how that works. Uh, but to make things even go further, if I'm supposed to be somewhere and I forget to be there, that's where I just lose control, okay? That's, that's where... I go to a stressful place that I don't like to go to. So uh, it wasn't super long ago. I've been trying to have lunch with a friend of mine and, and, and his schedule is crazy. And finally I got it locked in, but got it locked in on a day that I don't, it was usually my day off and we don't normally do things on my day off, but that's when it landed and that was gonna work. The problem is I was in a moment where I'm gonna write this down, but I didn't. You know, I don't know if you've ever been there. Like, I'm gonna write, I, need, I, need, I should write this down. I should log this somehow to where I remember it. Well, fast forward, 
And that day at 11.30, when we're supposed to be having lunch together, I'm not where he is. About 11.40, I get a text. Hey, are you coming? I'm like, coming to, oh, no. And if you've ever had the moment, you're supposed to be somewhere. You have completely forgotten. But as soon as you remember, everything, some of you don't care. You're like, no big deal. For those of us who care about people, it stirs stuff up. And I, I am not lying to you. I'm not, over, I'm not exaggerating. Like, I literally started to get sick to my stomach where I'm like, I can't, I can't believe it's to the point now just to tell you the story messes with me. He has said, David, it's okay. He's forgiven me. We've rescheduled and had our lunch. It's all good. I just can't drop it. I can't stand to not show up when I'm supposed to show up. I think some of you get this. Hopefully others of you will eventually get that priority. But let's take a higher view of this. Let's go, let's, let's fly up, go a little bit higher that I know most of us would say in a mature way that if you're supposed to be somewhere, well, you, then you're going you're gonna to make that important in your life. You're going to be there. But let's take a higher view. Let's look at our days and our weeks. Let's look at our years and, and just the amount of time that, that God gives us. I think most of us would say that every day matters. You would get that an appointment matters when you tell someone you're going to be there or when you've got a kid expecting to see you from stage that they're doing a concert and they're looking for you, looking for you, waving to you, that you better be there. Most of us would agree, yeah, you should be there. If you're expected and if it's important, if it's, if it's a priority, you should be there. So let's talk about life in general and that you should be there. But what I find fascinating is not all of us have shown up to life yet. Not all of us have decided that we're going to actually take ownership of our lives. We're still waiting for something. Some of you are waiting for enough money. Some of you are waiting for that special person to then finally begin the real life. Some of you think when you have kids, that's when life starts. And it, Okay, not, I'm telling you, many of us are living a life right now and you haven't shown up yet. And we can talk about who you are and why you're here, but if you're not willing to show up, what's the point, right? If you're not willing to actually engage and be available, what's the point of even figuring out who you are and why you're here? And I think we've done a great job walking you through what the Bible teaches on who we are and why we're there. So, so we gotta land on this, we gotta make priorities. So here's a basic statement. I think you're going to know this, but to make today a priority, I must be fully present. And I would argue, this is not just a, a cell phone problem, by the way, you're like, yeah, I know, David, everyone's staring at their phones. And I agree. That's, that's a part of the weirdness of culture nowadays. We don't talk, we text, but I'm talking about your everyday life if you are a parent, if you are married, if there's a significant person in your life at all, a friend, a family member, a coworker, maybe your job, school, I don't know what it is for you, but I wonder how many of us are actually fully present. And you are curious, as am I oftentimes, to know our purpose in life, but you gotta know it's pointless if you're not willing to show up and be present. You've gotta be willing to make life 
I would say each day, extremely important, and that means you must be present. Whether you like the circumstances or not, whether you like the bank account or who you're married to or who your children are or who your friends are, where you work, where you go to school, whether you like it or not, it's your job to show up. And I find it fascinating. Most of us grew up in a school system that at the beginning of the day, the teacher would find out if you're present or not. And most of us were bored by it and thought it was dumb and would make jokes, or at least I did. But how fascinating that it would become a bit of a precursor to the rest of your life. I think some of us need someone waking us up each day. Hey, are you present today? And I think if more of us would say, hey, today I woke up, so I'm going to be present. I'm going to be here. Now, most of us are like, David, I do that, or at least I've got the intentions to do that. Me too. I wake up each day typically with the intention that I'm going to make the most of the day. And in fact, I will even tell people that. I will write notes. I will be like, this is going to be a good day. I'm going to make the most of it. Then by the time I go to sleep, I'm like, I totally wasted that day. (laughs) Most of us have had those days where you feel like, I don't know that there was a great point to it. In fact, I told you I took a trip. I was in Israel for a couple weeks. And, And one of the places that we went to is where a story happened that I'm gonna tell you about. It's a story in which was set up this way. Jesus is engaging the people around him, most specifically his disciples. The people that, that he had spent so much time with. I mean, whether you've been in church a lot or a little, whether you know much about God or the Bible, you and I most have at least seen the painting of the Last Supper, and we know a little bit that Jesus had disciples. Well, Jesus had told his disciples, hey, I'm, I'm going to be arrested and eventually I'm going to die. And that stirred up his disciples because they loved him. And, and one in particular <laughs> had a pretty significant response when she's like, hey, I'm going to get arrested and this is not going to go well. And, and this guy, guy named Peter pipes up, which he had a tendency to do that frequently. Let me, let me show you what he says. Peter said, Lord, I am ready to go to prison with you, okay, and even to die with you. I mean, you have a friend say this to you? I mean, is that not like, this is awesome. I mean, most of us want people like this in our lives. We want people who would say, hey, where you go, I'm going with you. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are, how glorious or wonderful or how bad. I'm with you. I'm in on this. And Peter tells Jesus, which, come on, can we all say lying's bad, but, but lying to Jesus goes to a whole nother level. So when he says this, you need to know he's not lying. He says to Jesus, you get arrested, I'm getting arrested with you. You die, I'm dying with you. Now, I think he had good intentions just like you and I do. You wake up, I am going to love my children as the best parent ever today. <laughs> or, or maybe you wake up, I'm going to be the best boyfriend, girlfriend, married person, coworker, boss, whatever you wake up, I'm, today's going to be the day. And you're not lying. You're not lying at all. You've got the greatest of intentions. But at some point through the day, you and I clock out early. And I think a great philosopher helps us understand 
what happens. The philosopher's name is Mike Tyson. Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. <laughs> Told you he's a great philosopher. You're like, I did not know that he was that smart, right? But do you not agree with it, right? I, I mean, I do. I'm like, yes, everyone's got a plan and has great intentions on here's how life is going to work. It's going to be amazing. I, th I, think, I think Peter wanted to be on the front lines with Jesus. If you don't know much about Jesus' disciples, and if you don't know much about Peter, Peter was the guy who always said, like, I'm in this with you, Jesus. I'm going to fight this war with you. I'm going to be all about this. This is going to be absolutely amazing. And he spoke up, and I got to tell you, I don't think he was lying. And just like you and I, when you start your marriage and you say those vows, I think you mean them. When you hold your baby for the very first time and you're like, I am never going to mishandle this child, you believe that and you have good intentions to do so. When you start that new job, you're like, I am going to own this. I am going to be the best employee ever. Every new school year, come on. We start off and we're like, we're going to do this well. But then you get punched in the mouth. I think most of us want to be on the front line with our kids and, and in our marriages and really any relationship. We want, to, we want to be leaders. We want to be good at them. We want to be good at what we signed up for. But let me show you something about Peter. When adversity came, Peter moved to the sideline, not the front line. See, if, you don't, if you've already forgotten the verse I read to you, Peter committed to Jesus that he would be willing to get arrested I mean, most of us do not have friends that we'd be willing to get arrested with. You're like, okay, maybe one or two. But then, but then to die with or to die for? Peter told Jesus to his face, I'll do this for you. But when, when adversity came, Peter's like, mm, and moved. I'll show it to you. It's, it's in your Bible. So they arrested him, Jesus, and led him to the high priest's home. And Peter followed at a distance. You see, every time I read this verse, immediate conviction falls just right on my soul. Because I know human nature, and I know me, and I know a little bit about you, that when you and I say we're going to do something, we have good intentions to do it. But many of us right now are following at a distance. I know that's the harsh way to say it, and it's, but I think this verse helps us. You've got a guy who says, I'll get arrested with you and I'll die with you. And all of a sudden, at the moment of being arrested, you don't find him being arrested. <laughs> Peter's at a distance now. And you got to know it gets worse. Many of you even know the story. It gets worse. Let me show you this. The guards lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat around it. And Peter joined them there. He's falling at a distance. Now he's just stopped following. A servant girl noticed him, Peter, in the firelight and began staring at him. Some of you are like, oh, really? No, don't. Finally, she said, this man was one of Jesus' followers. But Peter denied it. Woman, he said, I don't even know him I think we've gone further than just the distance now 
And you've got Peter, who's so afraid. He's like, I don't even know who you're talking about. And then again, if you know the story, it happens again. After a while, someone else looked at him and said, you must be one of them. Talking about one of the followers. No, man, I'm not. Peter retorted. Denies him for the second time. Denies even knowing Jesus. Then the third one comes. About an hour later, someone else insisted, this must be one of them because he is a Galilean too. But Peter said, man, I don't know what you're talking about. The story goes like this. Before Peter denies knowing Jesus three times, Jesus had told him, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. My question for you, and I don't want you to answer this out loud, but if you're willing to take your good intentions and your hope for life and just set it to the side for a moment, I wonder if you're following God at a distance. Or maybe it's other people in your life that you're like, I've, I've been distant from them. And that's dangerous. You know that, right? You know it's dangerous to be at a distance from people that you care about and love, but especially God. Now, now when I tell you that Peter denied Jesus, many of us are like, man, what a jerk. I mean, who, who would deny Jesus, the son of God? Well, be careful. We don't call it denying. We call it delaying. We, we aren't into this world tonight like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to deny Jesus or, or, or deny my spouse or deny my kids. I'm going to delay them. Fact to help this come into our own world. I've had to deal with this as a parent. <laughs> See, my kids, I've got three of them. They love to just mess around, like where we play and have a great time, especially my four year old, Titus. I don't know where he gets his energy from. I think it's supernatural, uh, but the, the kid just he goes to sleep playing. It's nonstop playing. And one of his favorite things to do is, hey, hey Daddy, you want to wrestle, right? I'm like, yeah, we're going to wrestle. And I'm going to win. And we wrestle, and it's a great time. And Ellie loves to play outside, and Hayden loves to just hang out. And, and, and we have a great time. But what I found myself doing is when I get stressed out, or just can we just say get tired? Oh, okay. Let me be really open with you. When I'm just not in the mood, hey, Dad, will you and... It follows the request. I don't say no most of the time. Typically, in a little bit, hold on, in a little bit. Or, or, or not right now. Or just get five minutes, and five minutes means three hours, if you don't know how to translate that. And you know what I've noticed when I do that a lot with my children? They stop asking to play. And some of my selfishness gets satisfied. Finally, some, some dad time. <laughs> but then there becomes that day that I begin to miss with it. Hey, hey, Titus, you want to wrestle? No. Hey, Hayden, you want to run the store with me real quick? No. And here's what I've learned about this. Delays and denials usually create distance. So if, if you have resonated with this at all so far, where you're like, you know what, I think there might be distance between me and God. 
I think there might be like some gap space here that's not intentional. It's not that you've made that decision, but you're like, I don't feel very close to God. Or maybe it's another relationship with you. And you're like, we just, we're not that close. I would say for a lot of us, it's because we put enough delays and denials in there to create that distance. And most specifically with God, do you know that a key truth to know about God is he doesn't want distance from you? So if it exists, it's our fault. Delays, denials, they create that distance that you and I typically hate. And I've seen it in my own parenting. And at times even in my own marriage. And I wonder, I wonder... I think this might resonate with you too. Where we deny each other enough and we delay enough. Where, hey, we're going to get together, but, and then we don't get together. And it just creates a bit more distance. And you see the connection between the two. I really dove into this because I don't want to be a bad dad. I don't want to be a bad pastor. I don't, just want, I don't want to be a bad person. Okay, frankly, let's just sum it up that way. And I don't think you do either. So I've I've dove into this and the Bible teaches a lot of things. But let me show you the summary of this. Consistent delays and denials indicate we're too focused on the past or the future. There is something about what's happened or what's going to happen that has all of your attention or the majority of it. So you can no longer engage the people around you or be fully present because you're consumed about what happened or what might happen. And the times that I delay my kids the most, the times I deny people around me, or I, I just push them away is because I'm consumed about what happened or I'm consumed about what might happen and the future and the past begin to dominate. If you are right now in a position where you say, David, I've got distance between me and God, I wonder, I wonder if it's not God's fault but maybe it's a focus problem you have. Like, let, me, let me show you something you know. I mean, this is, this is nothing big, but you know. You, you remind, if you focus only on the past or the future, you lose so much of the present. Right? If you want to be that parent, that, that employee, that student, if you want to be that person that fully present, that is there, signed up, you got the day, God gave it to you, you're breathing. So God obviously has acknowledged that this day is important to him for you to be alive and you got to be ready to go. If you acknowledge that each day matters for you to be present, you got to make sure that your focus is a big deal. So let me give you some tips straight from the Bible. If you are a future person, like that's all you can think about, let me help you understand something. Ecclesiastes 11.4. Farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. Oh, you didn't read that right. People who wait for the perfect person to be married never get married. Does that help a little bit? Okay. If they watch every cloud... They never harvest. See, many of us are waiting for 
perfect to happen, for it to be every one of our items that we've listed out, for that's, that's the perfect job, the perfect person, the perfect moment, and we're waiting for, we're so focused on the future being perfect that we do nothing. And I gotta tell you, many of us are not fully present right now because all you are thinking about is tomorrow. And the Bible gives us great wisdom is if all you can think about is tomorrow, then you can't think about today. Now, maybe you're not a future person. You're like, David, it's, it's not my problem. Maybe your problem is your past. Past people, Philippians 3.13. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Now, don't, don't misinterpret this. We didn't just jump to the future. What this is telling you that, and the original language here was more of a focusing word, focusing on the past, meaning that you can't even look to tomorrow. You can't even think about the future because your past is so full of something. Shame, maybe? Uh, mistakes that you, maybe you didn't make, but others made choices, circumstances that maybe you are even born into and, and your past, whoo, dominates you. In fact, I know many people, I got friends who have self-disqualified themselves from being present because of their past. And if you hang around Fountain Springs Church long enough, you're going to hear tons of stories that the past doesn't have to be your hangout. But you've got to be willing to engage today. You can't break the past or have victory over the future if you don't stay put in the now. If you don't just engage now. And all of us have friends or family members who are either consumed by the future or consumed by the past and you wish they would just show up now. You want to know who you are? Why you're here? Can I just tell you, it's of equal value to just be present today. Let me give you some wisdom. I think this helps us. We limit God in our lives because we're so hurt by the past, so scared of the future. And you need to know that there is a God out there who is not consumed by your future or your past. He's not worried about it. He doesn't think you're disqualified from being present today. And the God that made you wants to put you in an opportunity just today to live life like it should be led. If you don't know the story, uh, you know, so, so, so Peter denies knowing Jesus three times. Uh, he breaks his promise of being willing to be arrested with him and, and killed with him. You know the story. As Jesus is crucified, there are three people all around, including Jesus, three of them crucified. Peter's not one of them, which is significant because he said he would be. But do you know the rest of the story? I just visited the beach. The beach where Jesus made a meal for Peter and a few of his friends. May not be a big deal to you when you're like, oh, I made a meal. That's great. That's neat. In Jewish culture, to make a meal for someone was to seek restoration, reconciliation. 
forgiveness. Whether you like your past or your future, whether you have been present now or, or if you have dreamt of being present today, God's willing to welcome you into now. Let me show you some great stuff in Proverbs. I think this helps us. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Some of you need to figure out some way to put this in front of yourself every moment of the day. Do not depend on your own understanding. But David, that doesn't make sense. Do not depend on your own understanding. God's trying to help you and I understand that we don't get everything and understand everything. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do. This has been the theme through this whole series. Seek God's will. What do I do? Who am I? Seek God's will. And he will show you which path to take. Trust in the Lord. If you're like, David, how do, how do I become fully present? How do I engage today? David, how am I going to actually be able to live today the way I'm supposed to? Trust in the Lord. And many of us, you're like, oh, I've tried that, right? You tried to trust in God. I mean, come on. When, when the bank account goes to a certain level, trust gets more difficult. When the doctor tells you something that you don't want to hear, trust gets more difficult. When the job goes away, trust gets more difficult. When things don't play out the way that you want them to, trust is like, okay, it's getting tough. And it gets shaky. And we remember verses, maybe trust in the Lord, and you're like, but I don't know how. So there's more wisdom to trust. It's found in Psalm. The Lord is my light. Maybe some of you, that's what you're craving right now, just light. And my salvation. Don't forget that word salvation. You want to know what the trust is? Your salvation. So why should I be afraid the Lord is my fortress? Protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble when evil people come to devour me? When my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me. My heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. That's the trust. Is the God that's willing to die for you. So this whole series, I think, has been significant for many of us. The stories that I've heard, the fellows at RCMU, every, all, all over, all locations, I've heard great stories about what God's been doing. And I think it's important and critical for us to dive into who are we and why are we here. But do not neglect the power of just asking yourself, but am I willing to show up today? Or am I so distracted? Am I letting my circumstances or people or moments keep me from just living today? And I'm going to tell you, if you become open, if you take today and be like, I don't know how it's going to play out today. I'm just going to trust God and everything. I'm just going to trust him. I mean, if he's willing to give me salvation, if he's going to be my fortress, then okay, I'm going to trust him. So if you cued in on that word, I told you to remember it, the word salvation that word, I believe, is the key to you being able to trust God.
See, if you believe that that Jesus died for you, which there is so much historical evidence, it's crazy. If you believe he died for you so that your sins can be forgiven, so that you can actually be living in a way that you don't have to be hung up on shame and all that. If you believe in salvation, if you are a person that says, I am saved by Jesus, then you need to let that leak into the rest of your life because do you understand the rationality of this? That some of us trust God with our eternity, but we don't trust him with our money. It doesn't make sense. We trust God with our eternity, but not with our marriage. (laughs) We trust God with our eternity, but we make our kids wear helmets 24 hours a day. Do you understand that some of us are trusting God for what is substantially almost impossible except through God? Let that leak into everything else. That's why I tell you, if you have a moment where you're like, David, I don't want to be present today because I'm dealing with these stresses. That's where you say, all right, if he can save me from my sins, he can do something about this moment. If you don't have enough money, If you get a bad diagnosis, if you have a bad day at school or at work, if something bad happens or just things that you don't like, or if you're dreaming and hoping for something in the future that you hope happens, you're like, I wanna trust God. Well, if you trust him with your eternity, let it leak. You have to remind yourself of this. That's what I have to do. When I'm in a moment like, I don't know how to do this. Oh, wait a minute. If he can forgive my sins, ah, he can do this salvation but that's not the only reason we're gathered today so you take your salvation you take what God has done in your soul that is very private but public a little bit and 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 it's between you and God oftentimes but you need to know that they're linked to something else it's called baptism some of us didn't grow up around this and we're like no that's just the weird thing that churches do put people underwater and then bring them up and you're like, I don't really get it and I gotta do it so I go to heaven and you need to know baptism doesn't save you. Uh, the Bible does not say that baptism saves you. Jesus got baptized, but he didn't need saved. Baptism is a declaration of what's gone on in your soul. And in fact, if you don't know history, history plays out this way, is when people would decide to trust in Jesus for their salvation, for their forgiveness of sins, it wasn't like, all right, I'm gonna wait a few years and maybe then get baptized. It was like, where's the water? Let's do this. It was a public declaration where people were not just going, I'm gonna do this when I feel like it. No, I'm gonna be fully present now. That's why some of you are supposed to be baptized today. And now you know why it's difficult to be fully present because you're like, "Mm, not today. Well, you don't know if you get tomorrow, but you know you got today. And my encouragement to you is that perhaps the greatest step you could take of being fully present is to actually declare publicly that you believe Jesus Christ is your savior. So we are doing this at all locations. Even fellas at RCMU, we're baptizing today. 
So I, I want you to know something. You can either deflect to the next time or become a person that says, I've got today. I'm gonna take today and I'm gonna make the most of it because God gave me today. If you believe in Jesus for your salvation, go public with it and be fully present today. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you for letting us gather like this. We do not deserve to even get to gather in such freedom and comfort. But God, we acknowledge that you have full authority and that you are in control. God, we acknowledge that you love us. You are so incredible. But God, I pray right now for anyone and everyone that's listening. God, will you help us to be fully present, to show up today, that it's not too late. God, remind us when we forget, when we deflect, when we deny, when we delay. God, help us to be fully present every moment you give us. And I specifically, God, ask that you would lean into those who are supposed to surrender lives to you and accept your salvation. with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if, if you're ready, you've never asked Jesus to save you, you've never committed your life to him and you're like, I wanna do that. Let me give you words, just privately say this to God. God, I love you and I believe that you have forgiven my sins. God, I declare to you today that I believe Jesus died for me and that pays my debt for my sin. And God, I'm not perfect but I tell you today that I am deciding to follow you. Your will over my will. God, I am a follower of yours now. I choose you. Thank you for forgiving me. Heavenly Father, I pray for the folks that are ready to declare today that you have saved them. Give them boldness and courage and give those who didn't come ready, but today is their day to be present. Give them the courage they need. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.